Brian and I would routinely pull each other aside. I would grab Brian and say, hey, let's go walk and talk. Or he would call me and say, don't tell anybody, but I'm at home. I'm lying in my basement. The lights are off. I'm having a bit of a stressful day. Tell the leadership team whatever you want to tell them and text me later. And I'll, I'll say yes. So I'd be like, Brian's offsite working from the club. He's got some meeting with the lawyers offsite today. Everything's good. Meanwhile, I know he's at home with his you know, head under the duvet going, I hope tomorrow's better. You, you need to cover for each other. Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. I'm excited to dive into a topic that's so important for every business the relationship between a CEO and COO. Trust me, it's a dynamic that can make or break an organization. You see, being a CEO and COO is like a yin and yang dance. The COO steps in to strengthen the areas where the CEO may have weaknesses, while also executing on the CEO's grand vision. It's a beautiful balance that ensures the smooth functioning of the company. I'll give you some practical tips on how to measure the quality of this partnership and how to spot potential warning signs. Plus, we'll explore the significance of being present for each other, especially when it comes to problem solving. After all, two heads are better than one, right? So if you're eager to learn more about nurturing a successful CEO-COO partnership and gaining insights into the do's and don'ts, this episode is a must-listen. Let's dive in. We both measure our HRV, which measures the tonality between our sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic and you want that really healthy tone uh, from the kind of the, the going into your sympathetic your fight or flights and moving into your parasympathetic which is your rest and digest so it's that kind of accelerator break analogy mm. you know if we use hrv as a measure of the the tone and quality of the how our nervous system is operating using that metaphor what should we look for in terms of measuring the quality of the relationship between the COO and the COO. Wow, interesting. So, well, there's first is on the quality of the relationship. The secondary part is, I'm gonna, I'll talk to this part first. The COO needs to be able to watch the CEO and be able to kind of pull them back down from the stratosphere once in a while to say, hey, we're being a little erratic. Let's kind of come back down to reality. Or wow, you look like you're a little stressed, you look like you're a little depressed, you look like you're a little burned out. Why don't you get the heck out of here for the day or for the weekend or for the week or for a few weeks and get off the grid, decompress? You need to be more like a racehorse, right? We need you to show up and be performing and you can't do that at 60, 70 hour weeks. So Brian and I would routinely pull each other aside. I would grab Brian and say, hey, let's go walk and talk. And I'd be like, dude, you're kind of off right now. Like you're crazy energy or whatever, or you're moping around the office and you're, you're kind of down, get the fuck out of here. Or he would call me and say, don't tell anybody, but I'm at home. I'm lying in my basement. The lights are off. I'm having a bit of a stressful day. Tell the leadership team, whatever you want to tell them and text me later. And I'll, I'll say, yes. So I'd be like, Brian's offsite working from the club. He's got some meeting with the lawyers offsite today. Everything's good. Meanwhile, I know he's at home with his you know, head under the duvet going, I hope tomorrow's better. <laughs> you need that. You, you need to cover for each other. And then Brian behind the scenes would go and tell the employees, 
Cameron needs to be the hard ass. Cameron needs to be hard at this. I need Cameron to roll out the tough decisions. He just cares about the core values or cares about the vision. So we were always making each other kind of look good, right? The way that you have to work on that relationship and take care of each other, as you asked about, is you need to have date night, right? You need to have time away from the office together as friends, doing stuff that you like to do that's fun. You need to be able to decompress together. Um, so I'll give you the, the specifics again of what Brian and I would do. For a couple of years, every Tuesday and Thursday morning, we would go for runs together. On Tuesday morning, he would come to my home and we would then head out for the run. On Thursday morning, I would go to his home and we would head out for the run. We used to go and work on Fridays from the Arbutus Club, his tennis club, and we would sit at the tennis club, both of us with our laptops. We'd work for four or five hours together. Sometimes we would never even talk. Other times we'd be working away and we'd have some stupid joke and we'd tell the other and we'd laugh and we were always out going for drinks together and going for dinners together and really kind of blowing off steam. We would also just kind of get away from the office and go on retreats, just the two of us. You know, we would go away for two days to a, a chalet up at Whistler or Brew Creek Lodge or his parents' cottage on Bowen Island. And we would just spend time, just the two of us, thinking about the business, thinking about the team, collaborating together. And then we would get back together with the kids, right, or with the team, and we would would tell them where we were going and we would get them to help figure out how. So we had lots of time to stay on the same page, build the relationships, have fun together, you know, decompress together. Yeah, that could relate to this so vividly. In we used to go away skiing for for a week every year. I was speaking about it earlier, and that was the time when you just you got away and over a beer you'd say, "Look, what worked well last year? What didn't work so well?" Where's your relationship at the moment? And it just it was a reset for the the the, the next twelve months, and and so critically important. And maybe others within the business maybe didn't fully appreciate that time that we spent away, but it was so critically important. As you scale, some of the things that you need to be aware of is these, you know, are certainly be very conscious of is that support for one another. What do you need to be mindful of also as the pressure comes on in terms of ensuring that support for one another? What are the warning signs that actually, you know, something's happening here in, in, in the context of this relationship that I need to be aware of? I, I guess one, one is to just be mindful that you're always watching the other person to help them remove obstacles and to help them, you know, get better in their role. So it's, confidentially behind the scenes showing the other person their blind spots. Yeah. I speak about the emperor's new suit, right? And it's the old Aesop's fable about the, the king is getting these clothes made and he's got this magic tailor who's building this beautiful suit of clothes. And everyone in the room is going, there's no clothes. You're, you're trying on nothing. He's putting air on top of you, pretending it's this magical light suit. And the king goes out marching in the parade and he's, he's just wearing his underwear. And this little three-year-old goes, but the king is naked. And it embarrasses the king. So behind the scenes, someone needed to tell the king he was naked and no one had the courage to do that. But if you did it in front of everybody else, the king would get upset. So behind the scenes, I needed to be able to say to Brian, dude, you're screwing up. Like you're missing this or we're not doing this well enough. And I do it in a safe place. And then he needed to be able to say to me, hey, you're not delegating enough or you need to delegate more. Let's get that off your plate. Like, why are you doing all this stuff and not growing people? That was something that I could have been much better at in the first two or three years that we were building the company together. I was so 
kind of I'll work hard, I'll work hard, I'll work hard, I'll take all this on, I'll work hard, that I didn't get stuff off my plate soon enough to other people who were capable or even get it off my plate to people who weren't necessarily capable and just grow their capabilities so that they could do it more, right? So he was playing that for me. And then also, I think, being there to help each other solve problems. I remember one day, I couldn't solve this one problem. And it was it was based on what were our commission structures going to be for these roles and kind of needed to use, I don't know whether it was algebra, or, I think it was algebra, right? Like, is it algebra, like the A squared plus B, whatever equals something. And I sat down with Brian, he goes, dude, it's just algebra. And he like hopped on a whiteboard and showed me, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's amazing. He's like, how did you not see it? I'm like, well, I was so close to it that I couldn't even solve my own problem, right? So you need to be there for, for the other person in that case as well, right? You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder, Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our other podcast streaming platforms. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.